Hey, thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope that you'll be able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope that this message will be an inspiration to you and that you'll find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. Now, let's look at discovering our motivational gifts. We are, this drives us. That's why we're calling this driven. But the motivational gifts drive us to places of ministry. Um, Tonight, maybe you have no clue what your motivational gift is. Let me read them to you out of Romans chapter 12, starting at verse 6. The Bible says, having then gifts. How many of you have got a gift? Raise your hand. Let me see it. All over the building, every single person in this building has a gift. Now, I knew I was forgetting something because this is vitally important. Um, If you did not receive a profile sheet, what's your gift? If you didn't receive one of these, then please right now, the ushers, help us ushers. All right, look. Uh, There are a few hands going up, several hands, ushers, ushers, ushers. Where are you? We need you. All right. We need more ushers around here. All right. Next week is serving. Some of you need to serve in this church as an usher. All right. So raise your hand. You need a card. You don't have either card. All right. The other card is the characteristics of a perceiver or the misuse of a perceiver, so you need a card, an orange one, a white one. Okay, how did you slip in the doors without getting a card? What'd you do, slip in the back? All right, so I don't know what happened, but uh, you gotta have this, all right? This is a necessity, there's still hands, goodness gracious. We have 1,500 of these, where are they? Okay. Okie doke. All right, guys, uh, let's walk fast. All right, so they're waiting on you. All right, we're, we're just ushers. Just keep doing it. I'll leave you alone now. All right, you're doing a great job. You're incredible. You're awesome. All right, don't ever let it happen again. All right, so anyway, uh, the motivational gifts, all right? What's your gift? So on this sheet is every one of the motivational gifts I'm going to read to you in just a moment out of Romans chapter 12. On this card is the first gift we're going to talk about tonight. All right? So, um, all right, hands are still up and you're doing a great job. Okay, Romans chapter 12, verse 6. The Bible says, having then gifts. Now, Couples, we need, uh, each one of you need one, okay? And I think I see another hand or two, so just roam the aisles, guys. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them, okay? Every one of us in this room have a gift that God has given us. There's um, several other gifts. We're not, we're not going to cover those in this series, but this is what we call, call the motivational gifts out of Romans chapter 12, okay? And the first one says, let us use them if prophecy 
or we're going to call it perceiver, all right? Let us prophesy in proportion to our faith, all right? As our faith grows, our gift is uh, expanded, maturing, and uh, we use it more. So tonight, the first one, the uh, perceiver, and then, uh, or ministry, the Bible says, server, ministry, a server. Uh, some of you are great, great servers. Let us use it in our ministering or our serving. He who teaches, some of you are teachers. You have the gift of teaching. You love to study. All right. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts, um, I have the gift of exhortation. That's my number one gift. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. Some of you are givers. All right. He who leads uh, the administrator. Who with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Now, has everybody in the building got one of these cards? All right, all right. Okay, go through these doors next week, all right? I don't know where you were, all right? feel like praying again. Okay, uh, yesterday, something hadn't happened to me in a long time like this. I'm at home by myself. I don't know where Alice is, I forget. But uh, I'm sitting there, and the doorbell rings, and I'm like, whoa, the doorbell seldom ever rings. I got a little excited. Uh, I went to the door, and I looked out, opened the door, uh, Alice wants me always to look out or say who's there, but I'm a man. I don't do that. Um, I just open the door, and if they're, they're going to come at me, I'm ready for them, all right? But I open the door, and here is a young, teenage, black young man standing in front of me, and he's got one of these big boxes. He backs up a couple feet and uh, when he sees how big I am, and so then he, uh, he stands there, and he sets his box down, and I said, young man, what are you doing? What you got? And he said, well, and he starts giving me the spill on all that they're doing to help youth. And I'd, I'd come across them before, but uh, so I knew what he was doing. And uh, then I said, uh, uh, well, let me see what you got. And so he's talking and he opens the box and there are pecan caramel clusters. And I'm like, I love caramel clusters, but... Uh, I am trying to discipline myself. And I said, no, I'll tell you what, I don't want any. And then I asked him a question. I said, young man, how old are you? And he says, I was in shock. He said, I'm 14. And um, he had already told me, he said, yeah, I'm just out here. I really like to do this. And a lot of times people are kind of down. They haven't had a good day. I like to cheer them up. And I'm like, oh my goodness, uh, we're looking for a new associate. We're, we're going to hire you. And uh, this kid was amazing. And uh, I said, are you a Christian? He says, yes, I am. And I said, I want to tell you something. You're 14 years old. You're out here talking about cheering up older people, having a, helping them have a better day. And, and you love to do that. And I said, when I was 14 years old, I could never have done what you are doing. This is incredible. And I told him, I said, today I'm a pastor and I can talk to people, but back then 
at 14, I could never have walked up to a door and knocked on it or rung the doorbell and talked to someone and engaged them in conversation. I was too shy. And I just thought, young man, you're going to go far in life. And I had, a one, I had one bill on me. Uh, it wasn't a dollar, of course, but it was a bigger bill. And I said, look, I don't want the clusters. Here, I'm giving this to you. You have a great day. And I just thought to myself, the gift that I had in me as an exhorter, I had it at 14 years of age. But you would have never have known it if you had met me at 14. I was not like this young man. I couldn't have done what I saw him do yesterday. But now that gift has matured and grown in my life. Some of you have a gift or do have the gift, a gift of one of these that we read. You've got a gift, a strong dominant one. And then you've got uh, maybe a little lesser one or maybe there are two that are really close. And so you've got a strong dominant gift. You've got other gifts there. And uh, you can fulfill the role of all of them. But maybe yet your maturity hasn't kicked in. Your, that level of gifting is not there yet. And uh, yet God sees it. And God wants to inspire you. And God wants to get your eyes off of you. And focus on what he wants you to do in the kingdom of God. So that he can use you far his glory. Say amen. And uh, each one of us, think about it right now. Think about you. I've got a gift. You've got a gift in your life. Or you've got, I should say, more than one gift. Uh, but you've got one of these gifts. A perceiver, uh, a, a server, a teacher, an exhorter, a giver, an administrator. See, everybody can give, but there are people that are real, they've really got the gift. Unfortunately, there's not enough of those kind, but uh, they've really got the gift. Uh, there are people that don't, they don't need anything. They don't need recognition. Uh, matter of fact, if you try to give them something to give, they, uh, no, they want to hear from God. They want to know it's God. And so you may be a giver, an administrator, or a person of mercy. Now, I've really got to get going here because... We got 20 questions to ask you, all right? So let's get going. Uh, now, here's what I want you to do. I hope, I hope, I hope you got a pen or a pencil. I don't even want to raise your hand. Oh, I'm not doing, I'm not going to do that. All right, um, borrow one, all right? So etch it out on the paper. But, all right, when you look at this, um, this paper, turn to the side that's got 20 questions and uh, the characteristics of this gift, a perceiver. We're going to go through them quickly, 20 of them, my Lord, God help. Okay, number one, if you have this gift as a perceiver, you express thoughts and ideas verbally, especially right and wrong. All right, so it's on the screen, and it's on your paper. Now, you got to be truthful. You cannot... Uh, how many of you are going to be truthful? I mean, you're going to tell the truth, all right? So, you're going to look over to the side, and you're going to see never, or seldom, or sometimes, or usually, or mostly, or always, all right? And you're going to just simply check your honest answer to number one. 
the need to express thoughts and ideas verbally, especially regarding right and wrong. So take your pencil and mark. If it's never, then you put zero down. Now, that doesn't mean you're a failure, you're a loser, all right? It just means you're not strong in that particular characteristic. Uh, if it's uh, always, put that down. All right, so you got to be honest because in the end, you're going to see if this is strong or this is maybe not your main gift. All right, so Peter is the example we're going to use. Peter spoke more often than any other disciple in the Gospels. He also stuck his foot in his mouth more often than any other the disciples. So let's read Acts chapter 3, verse 12. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or, or uh, he said, or why look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? So he, he was one of the very first ones to always speak up. He spoke up. He talked. Uh, he was very verbal. And so we all love Peter, but uh, we know he had some growing up to do. All right, number two. So look on your sheet, get ready to mark your, where you're at. You're not being graded, okay? You cannot fail. We're not going to put A or a C or needs work, all right? No, uh, what you do is just put it down and then we'll add up the points and see where you come out on the other profile sheet. Okay, it's, is it making sense to you? Number two, the tendency... Here it is. This person with this particular gifting has a tendency to make quick judgments on what it is seen and heard and to speak up quickly. All right. So uh, this person uh, speaks up quickly. They make quick judgments and uh, they assess things quickly or discern things quickly. Peter spoke up first more than any other disciple. Let me give you just a couple of scriptures. And the Bible says, Matthew 14, 28, Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. No other disciple said that. No way. All right. And so then Peter answered and said to Jesus, explain this parable to us. Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. So he was always speaking up first. Okay, now, uh, well, let me go to uh, when he was washing Jesus, or Jesus was washing the disciples' feet. We all know the story, but in John 13, let me just remind you, Peter said to Jesus, you shall never wash my feet. He was, I mean, you're not washing my feet, Jesus. I mean, a person who has this gift has... Uh, the, um, has the strength or fortitude or whatever to share with people in authority. Um, and I mean, not hold back. They'll share with someone that, that uh, may not have any authority and they'll share with people that have authority. All right, I, it's been a long time since I told it, but years ago when we first moved into the auditorium on Goldenrod Road, we had been praying every week. And when we moved in, we got really busy and the schedule was off. And so there were several weeks that went by and we had not met for prayer on Sunday morning before service. So we had a lady in our church 
I didn't particularly like her, but uh, no, I'm kidding. I, I did like her. She just got on my nerves, all right, at times. And uh, so she comes up to me and she said, I'm going to ask you a question. I mean, think about it. She comes up to me and the pastor and said, I want to ask you a question. Okay. Um, she says, you guys still meeting for prayer on Sunday morning? And I'm like, oops. I'm like, you know what? Uh, we've gotten busy, and, uh, but you're right. We got to get back to meeting for prayer. The very next uh, Sunday morning, guess where the staff was? We were back in the prayer room praying first thing on Sunday morning. Why? Because we were afraid she would be watching somewhere, all right? So I'm just telling you. And be out there in the foyer saying, yeah, they're still not praying. I told them last week, and they're still not praying. I mean, this woman got on my nerves. I'm telling you. There were times. I was just like, one time, she didn't agree with the decision. She's sitting in my office. She's holding a tissue. She throws it at me. I thought it was very funny at the time. But anyway, um, <laughs> throws a tissue at the pastor. She had the gift. She lacked maturity. That was the only problem, all right? But don't you need someone like this in your life? Do we always need everybody to say, yes, yes, you're right, you're right, you're right. You're never wrong. No, you're right. I agree with you. No, we, we need people like that in certain And then we need somebody like, right? You're not even close to being right. You are wrong. And you need to go apologize and ask forgiveness. And so we need people like this in our life. That's why God put the gift in certain people. So when they rub you the wrong way a little bit, you thank God for them. Say amen. All right. Number three. Oh, my goodness. Number three. An amazing ability to sense when someone or something is not what it appears to be and reacts harshly to dishonesty. Oh, my goodness. They do not like any shade of dishonesty. All right, number four, we're still going. Are you, do you do it always? Is it mostly? Uh, not at all. Make sure you put down there what you or how you respond, okay? Number four, a desire to reject those who offend so that justice will be done and others will be warned. A desire to reject those who offend so that justice will be done. They're really about justice. They're in their maturity. Peter was reluctant to forgive his offender and asked Jesus, how long have I got to put up with them? In other words, Matthew 18, Peter said to Jesus or to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I, have, and I forgive him? Up to seven times. And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, Peter, but up to 70 times seven. How about 490 times, Peter? And blows Peter's mind away to understand he's always got to forgive. There's no limitation on forgiveness. Amen. Number five. And openness about personal faults and failures. That's one of the things about a perceiver. They may see faults in our lives, but then they have an introspection about them, their own lives, and they're very honest about their personal failure, all right? So, uh, Peter, in Luke chapter 5, when Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' feet or knees saying, 
depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Okay, number six. Oh, goodness, I know I'm talking fast, but we got to keep going. Hang on, all right? Fasten your seatbelt. Number six, a tendency to be impulsive in actions and to be wholeheartedly involved in whatever is done. Impulsive in action, but to be wholeheartedly involved in whatever is done. Okay, I'm just going to keep reading. Um, Maybe comment here and there. Number seven, a tendency to be painfully direct when correcting friends. Okay, a person with mercy will beat around the bush, will allude to something. But a person that is a perceiver, they will be painfully direct with us that in correcting us or friends, they don't beat around the bush at all. Um, do you realize Peter was the only one who ever, of all his followers, that ever rebuked Jesus? I mean, imagine. I got rebuked for not praying with a staff for several weeks. Jesus got rebuked by Peter. And uh, no other person did that. Peter rebuked Jesus for a course of action that Peter did not think was right for him to take. And so he just rebukes him. Number eight, a desire to give open evidence of loyalty and total commitment. Desires to be obedient at all cost. All right. So uh, Peter said to Jesus, I will never deny you. These other guys probably will, but I will never, ever, ever deny you, Jesus. And then unfortunately he did. And when he did, he was immediately, he didn't, he didn't make excuses. No, a perceiver is just as hard on themselves as they are, can be on others. So he immediately repented after he denied Christ, he immediately repented, went out into the dark of the night, weeping. Number nine, a willingness to suffer for doing what is right. You will suffer. The person with this gift, they will suffer financially uh, for doing right. Uh, they will suffer uh, lack of relationship, but they're going to do right. So a willingness to suffer for doing what is right. If that's you, wherever you fall on the category, the scale, mark it. All right. Number 10, an ability to be very persuasive in defining what is right and what is wrong sees everything. Now, this is key right here. This is key to a perceiver. Sees everything as either black or white. There is no gray area. Too many Christians today like to live in the gray area. I don't see anything wrong with this. And then a perceiver says, I see something wrong with it and points it out to him. It's gray. That's what's wrong with it. Now, you need to get on the right side. You need to do what's right. So to them, uh, it's not uh, gray. It's black or white. You're in or you're out. It's righteous or it's just dirty, downright sin, all right? All right, number 11, views the Bible as the basis of truth, Belief, action, and authority. 
believes the Bible. Their confidence in the word, their life is based on the word of God. They're not going to alter from the word. So if that's you, see, you may have a strong gift in another area, but you may be really, it may, you may always fall here. So put it down wherever you uh, evaluate yourself. Number 12, boldly operates on spiritual principles. Boldly operates on spiritual principles. Okay. Number 13 is very persuasive in their method of speaking. The more they mature with this gift, the more persuasive they become. Like, uh, who was it? Jim Jones, uh, an, uh, an independent Pentecostal preacher who ended up taking people to their death and where was it, Guyana? Um, years ago, a young man uh, walked into my office with a young lady that had gotten saved in our church, uh, just a, a remarkable young lady that should have gone to Bible college but met him. And he persuaded her right away to marry him, and he started challenging me and uh, questioning me about things. And, and uh, one of them, he didn't like it because we had a woman preacher come uh, about that time. He met me in the hallway and questioned me. And I'm like, okay. Uh, his imbalance, his immaturity uh, was leading him astray. He was smart. He was articulate. He was persuasive. But all that immaturity led him astray. He ended up in jail years later, uh, unfortunately. Number 13, 14, number 14, grieves deeply over the sins of others. Grieves deeply over the sins of others. This person with this gift, perceiver gift, they grieve. No, they don't, they don't, they don't make light of it. Uh, they don't say, yeah, I, I, can, I can believe they fell. Yeah, I suspected something all along. No, when they hear somebody's fallen in sin, they grieve over it. They're like, there go I, but by the grace of God. And so uh, it's a grievous thing to them when anybody sins. Number 15, strongly promotes the spiritual growth of groups and individuals. They strongly promote the spiritual growth. All right, they want to see themselves grow spiritually and are eager to see others grow also, number 16, I hope you're staying up with me. All right, number 16, it's is called to intercession. Usually people that have the gift of perceiving, uh, they are intercessors. They pray, they intercede, they see things in the supernatural that, that uh, with intensity that maybe others don't quite perceive. All right. Number 17, if that's you, you're an intercessor, put it down there, always. 17, feels the need to verbalize and dramatize what they see. They like to use illustrations, even personal ones in their conversation. Number 18, tends to be introspective. All right, getting rid of the imperfections in their own life is a top priority, all right? They're not just potentially hard on others, they are potentially hard on themselves. Number 19, coming in for a landing on these characteristics, all right, all right, so number 19, has strong opinions and convictions, has strong opinions and convictions. Um, 
I mentioned, I think, a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about the gifts, about someone, very strong young lady, very strong in this gifting, and uh, started dating someone and found out he did not tithe. Oh, my Lord, have mercy. If you didn't tithe, she had convictions, you got to tithe, are you going to hell? And uh, I mean, she was I strong, strong, strong in not only this area, but a whole lot of other areas. And I mean, she, uh, for better, I shouldn't say this, but kicked him to the curb. Anyway, all right, so anyway, uh, has strong opinions and convictions. And number 20, has strict personal standards. They have strict personal standards standards. All right. So if you have strict personal standards, then mark it down accordingly. Okay. I'm going to take a breather for a second here. Drink a cup of, or a glass of water. And I really, really appreciate you praying uh, for me. Uh, the surgery was rescheduled, but I'm telling you, on the last two nights of the awakened God and it's still, I mean, um, I don't sense any hindrance even speaking tonight. So thank God. Uh, thank you for your prayers, really. So praise God. He's good. Okay. Um, now, turn the paper over, the orange paper. Turn it over because this is where it gets really interesting. Some of you, you have this gift. Or you're like, it's your second or third gift, all right? Here is areas that help you to grow. Uh, it's areas that, um, uh, that are misuse or they're problems in a person's life that hasn't simply matured. So let's go through them quickly. Uh, these we aren't going to put on the profile sheet, um, but we will um, we'll go through them. They'll, they'll just help you, all right? Because at the bottom, you, you get a little grade at the bottom. Okay, Problem areas. Okay, let's get started. Number one, corrects people who are not their responsibility, all right? They feel like everybody is their responsibility. Uh, this is immature, all right, immaturity. They feel like if it, they see anybody, they may not even know them. Um, they, if, even if a mom, you know, is in the grocery store and is doing something, they, they, they have to hold themselves back. They feel like it's their job to correct that mom she's not doing right with the kids. And so they correct people who are not their responsibility. People in the grocery store are not usually our responsibility, all right? So prophets, perceivers often feel they are responsible for them, not only themselves, but others, okay? All right, you need a relationship with people, Generally, all right? You don't correct people unless you've got a relationship with them or you're the authority over their life and then you do it lovingly. You don't come down like a hammer. Number two, jumps to conclusions about words, actions, motives of others. Jumps to conclusions, all right? Okay, they tend to draw conclusions from a few known facts, all right? And uh, number three, a condemning spirit. We're talking about the misuse or the immaturity of this gift. Once a hasty conclusion has been made, they tend to look for confirming evidence, all right? They make up their mind, and then they start looking for other evidence to back up what they've already concluded. 
No, we're, we're to be patient, we're to be Christ-like, and uh, we're not to jump to conclusions. We're to have the wisdom to wait. So, that's a misuse. Number four, judges and exposes an offender rather than restoring the offender, okay? To judge a Christian brother is to pass sentence on them based on the evidence at hand, not being concerned enough to help them, but just to point out their problems, all right? So, number five, cuts off a person who has failed. Perceivers who are not mature yet who are, who've got some weaknesses, they have a tendency to cut people off prematurely. All right, so don't do that. Number six, dwells on the negative rather than the positive. Oh boy, that kind of hits all of a sudden. All right, so dwells on the negative rather than the positive. All right, okay. Prophets, perceivers are more sensitive to evil and deception typically than others are. This often results in their being against, listen, this often results in them being against more things than they are for, or at least it appears that way to others. Folks, we need every gift. Every gift is from God that we're going to cover in this series. Every single gift. We need the perceiver to help us stay on the narrow path, all right? They are the ones that, oh, pastor, you know, I just believe in, and, uh, or they're the ones that come to you and say, you know, I'm just concerned about you. I love you in the Lord, but I sense that you're going the wrong, you're making the wrong decision. They speak up when others do not. Others stand back and say, oh, I think they're going to make a wrong decision. I wish they wouldn't. I'll pray for them. The perceiver says, pray nothing. I'm telling them right now, and they better not do this. I already know God, you know, what God is saying. So anyway, number seven, lacks cautiousness and tactfulness in expressing opinions. All right, this is the immature part. Number eight, demands a positive response to a harsh rebuke. All right, they tend to expect immediate repentance. In other words, and they perceive something uh, about somebody they're in a relationship with, and they point it out. They expect repentance right then. And, uh, you know, sometimes people don't just repent right away when their sin has been pointed out. As the youth pastor of Humpteen many years ago, there was a young lady. She was one of the older ones, and she was like 19 or 20, and she was in our youth group. She hung out, and, and all of a sudden, I find out that she may be dating somewhat this married man. So, I bring her in, and I've got some of the youth in there, and we're praying for her, and we're praying for her. I look over at her, and I see that she's crying, and I interpret that as, thank God, thank God, she's crying, she's broken. And the pastor walks in, and he just stands over there. And I'm like, what is wrong with him? We're all crying, we're praying. We've had breakthrough, tears mean breakthrough. And he's just got, he's like this. And I'm like, why is he just standing there? And finally he calls her name and says to her, are you going to break it off? 
And I'm like, that's the stupidest question. Look at her. She's crying. I'm crying. We're all crying. This is a God moment. And he says, are you going to break it off? I'm like, what is, he needs to grow spiritually. That's where, what is, and she looks up and says, no. And I wanted to jump up and say, I've been in here for 45 minutes pouring out my heart, crying. What do you mean? No. I'm like, he walked in there with the discernment to know that the tears did not mean she was going to make the right decision. I'm still shocked at that. I'm still shocked. 45 minutes of pouring out my heart, crying. No. I just want to say, no, what do you mean no, for heaven's sakes? My God, have mercy. Anyway, all right. I don't have the gift here. All right, so, all right. <laughs> Condemns them, themselves when they fail. Number 10, accuse others of deception if they don't fully reveal, accuse others of deception if they don't fully reveal thought, faults, all right? Okay, let me put it to you this way. If a person with a perceiver gift sells a car or an appliance to someone. They tend to tell all the weaknesses. They say, yeah, this, you know, this happens sometimes or, you know, it's, uh, you know, this is, this is wrong with it. They expect others to do the same with them. And guess what? How many of us don't always reveal all the problems? Yeah, it's had some in the past. Yeah, maybe. But a person of a perceiver gift, they will tell everything that's wrong, typically, with that car. So if that's you, you just like to lay it out there on the line. Others of you, uh, not so much. Okay. They expect others to do the same, and they will probably accuse them of dishonesty or deception if they don't. Now, Here's what you need to do. At the bottom of the backside with the 10 questions, at the bottom you notice if you add your score up and it's uh, between zero and 10, you are very mature. If you are somewhere between 11 and 20, you are growing in grace. If you are between 21 and 30, you are average for this gifting. If um, you are 33 to 40, you are just plain route, downright immature, all right? So, and 41 through 50, you need to go to the counseling department of our church, all right, and get help. Okay, but on the, this is the good side, all right? On the good side with the 20 questions, you add those numbers up, you tally them down at the bottom, okay? You add them up. You can do this. You don't need a calculator. All right, so um, tally up the total. And um, then over on the card that says, what's your gift? Then draw a line over to, maybe that helps. Uh, that's what I did. I drew a line over to whatever it was, 40, 50, 60, wherever you ended up, okay? 
And I will assure you, if you're up in the 70, 80, you probably have this as one of your first gifts. So uh, I hope you uh, keep this profile sheet, all right? Uh, try to bring it with you every week. Uh, if you forget, we'll have more each week. And, um, and look over again this, this card. If you think, boy, that's me. I'm, and you know the good thing about these gifts as we go through them, you're going to understand people better, all right? Um, you're going to understand the Peters among us. You're going to understand that when a person says, no, that's not right, you know where they're coming from. They're not just being harsh. They're, they're God's uh, red light saying, stop, 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 stop. And so God uses them. We may not always like the red lights, all right? I, I don't like most red lights, all right? But uh, the red light, we need the red light to keep us from getting hurt, being in an accident, and having our lives altered. So uh, take the perceiver with, take both of them with you, and um, we're going to find out next week who's got the serving gifts. We're probably going to bring even a couple of the staff up that have the serving gift also. Um, I hope this has been helpful to you. Some of you thought, my God, my friend, this is them. Oh, my Lord. Um, so um, don't, don't let them get away as a friend. Keep them, all right? You need them. God put them in your life because you need them, all right? So you need them just like I needed that lady to say, you need to get back in that prayer room, <laughs> all right? And uh, you always need somebody. They, they don't always, it doesn't always feel good, but it's good, all right? So why don't you stand with me right now all over the building? Stand with us. And um, please, I challenge you. Um, I pray that before this series is over with, you'll be like, wow, I, my main gift is um, exhortation or giving. My second gift, strong right there close to it, is uh, serving. Or, and then God wants you to start serving. Uh, if your gift is giving, God wants you to give according to uh, the direction of the Holy Spirit. Pastor John's going to lead us in a chorus. We're going to open these altars. Let me just say, even if you're not born again, you have a gift in your life. It may lie dormant, but when you're born again, all of a sudden, that gift begins to grow and explode in your life. And one day, if you will let that gift mature, you will be used of God in such ways that if you could see it now, it'd blow you away. But hang in there because you can see it when you get there, all right? And you can see it and visualize it before you get there. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thanks for joining with us in our pursuit of getting closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.